0: Are you ready to be inspired, challenged, and strengthened in your faith walk? Are you ready to get breakthrough from those old cycles and thought patterns that you just can't seem to get freedom from? Then you've come to the right place. You are going to get freedom, you are going to get breakthrough, and you are going to get healing because that's the life that Jesus paid for. This podcast is not just talk. We're gonna live it. I wanna personally welcome you to my little podcast corner. My name is Jillian Ahonen, and I am so excited for what God's going to do through our time together today. Whether you're driving in traffic to work, out on a morning run, or sipping your coffee in a comfy chair, let's get our hearts ready for today's word. Good morning. I hope your week is going well. Mine is going okay. It's been summery with just a few obligations on the calendar, and I like it that way. I like simple, not too busy, kind of just flow with the day. I mean, there's a little bit of hard mixed in, and that's just kind of life. Like we talked about last week, I ain't losing my peace over it because I know God's got it all worked out. I just need to work with Him, and as I stay in sync with Him, I remain in peace. So my life isn't perfect over here as far as like outward circumstances, but I do have that inward piece and that's amazing. So yay God. But anyway, this week we're going to go in a direction that was not my plan. I actually had other thoughts in mind, and this morning, the Holy Spirit woke me up with a message already written on my heart. It was like He was just kind of writing and and saying, this is what I want to talk about this week. This is what's near and dear to my heart, and so I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with the flow of the Holy Spirit. We are going to talk about the things that God has put on my heart for all of us today. We're actually going to talk about breaking free of some patterns and cycles in your life that are not God-honoring. He is calling his church, and that, my friend, is you and me. We are temples of the Holy Spirit. We don't go to church. We are the church, and he's calling us to be that purified bride radiating his image to those around us, but we can't accomplish this if we're stuck in patterns and behaviors that don't look or sound like our Heavenly Father. Am I right? I want to ask you a few questions. Do you have areas in your life that you've really genuinely tried hard to break free from, but you find yourself going back to that default button pattern behavior? Do you have hidden areas in your life that you know shouldn't be present as a Christian, but it seems these patterns and habits have more power over you and you just can't seem to win? Maybe you've gotten to the point where you've just deceived yourself and justified some areas in your life and you've got one foot in with God, one fit in the world, and you've kind of handpicked your own comfortable version of what you think being a Christian looks like. Honestly, I think a lot of my family faith see other Christians living a lifestyle with gray areas and then tell themselves if it's okay for them, it's fine. The truth is with God, there's no gray areas. It's either in or out. You're either hot or cold. He doesn't want lukewarm Christianity. He doesn't want us living on the fence. He says all in, fully surrendered, whole hearts, and then follow him. That's what it's supposed to look like. Family, we're not called to follow the crowds. We're called to follow Jesus. He said to follow him and his ways, not follow the people who say they're Christian, but truly understand that he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life, and then we need to make him the lead of our lives. Honestly, I've seen this pattern in the church for so many years, and I I really believe it's why so many believers look more like the world than Jesus. And then we begin to justify our behaviors and actions, saying things like, oh, I'm not perfect, I'm forgiven. But the truth is, if we're honest with ourselves, that is actually a permissive attitude that keeps us locked into our old born from Adam sinful nature when we're new creations in Christ. Second Corinthians 517. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. If the Bible says the old is gone, then it is the new is here. Maybe you're not even aware of some of these things that are stirring in your heart or your life because you've never really stopped to think about it. You've kind of just been floating, doing the Christian checklist outwardly, but missing out on this inward transformation that God desires for his children. It is his will and desire for the inward work of the Holy Spirit to have an outward effect that is visible to those around us. It's God's desire for each of us to no longer be tangled with what the world wrestles with, Jesus paid for our complete and total freedom. I believe today's message is going to bring revelation of what God has invited you into, and maybe you don't even realize it's available. You're going to discover that the Christian way is actually not as hard as you may think, and when you give up your life for his, you find that what you've been clinging to, believing it was fun or maybe a way to cope through life, was actually killing you inside and you weren't really living. Jesus said these words, and they're recorded in Matthew 10, verse 39. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. These commonly known scriptures are about to make sense in such revelatory ways, and you are going to get some freedom from the cycles of sin that you've been wrestling with for far too long. Seriously, I have had people tell me, You make it sound so easy. It's not that easy. I've tried. But the truth is they're believing something that is in opposition to the word of God because the transformation does come through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And it's not that hard. It's our mind that is blocking us from even believing this stuff is available. Our mind will always be the stumbling block. So if your mind is believing that you can't break free of these cycles and you're just going to be stuck this way for the rest of your life here on earth and you're waiting for heaven to fix you, I'm telling you right now, the perfect power and presence of the Holy Spirit is already in you. Jesus paid for you to be empowered through his spirit and to become a completely, not halfway, fully transformed person. Ephesians 3 20, 21 says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, <laughs> within us, his power in us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Notice what this passage is actually talking about. In order to not use this as a pray my will into my life, God's going to bless me scripture. We have to make sure we're understanding what's being talked about here. God wants his power to work within us. When you read your Bible, you'll see that the reason God put a spirit in us is to become like him. This is where our new natures to be like Christ takes form. This is beyond what we can imagine or even think about asking. The transformation that takes place in us brings glory in the church and in Christ. This is how we become lights to the world. But many go to church believing this is what it means to be a Jesus follower, but really we're just following a line that goes into a building weekly, and many are coming out looking the same as when they walked in. Family, we're the church. We are the body of Christ. We are his hands and feet. He is the head. We've been given the mind of Christ and we are temples of his spirit. Are you putting this together? We're actually supposed to be completely changed, transformed, new creations that are not struggling with actions, behaviors, and patterns of this world at all. We have been set free. I want to stop for a minute though, okay? I don't want you to feel like this is a message to condemn you. God loves you, He loves you so much. He knows where you're struggling. He knows those areas in your life that have not been met by his healing touch. And he knows that mediocrity has slipped into the body of Christ. And while exposing it may feel overwhelming, embarrassing, or straight up messy and ugly, he's not mad at you. He is saddened though. He knows the deception that has been clouding his children through generations of watered-down truth. Let me tell you, okay, a watered-down version of the Bible and messages that make us feel like we're not alone in our wrestles do not set us free. They don't carry the power to transform us the way God intends. And then we're stuck like babies, constantly needing to be spoon-fed basic messages, and we don't move on to mature things of the Spirit. This cycle is literally costing us the ability to be effective to those who have never met Jesus. Why would the world want Jesus? We only have a list of rules that we're judging others by, not even looking inside of our own hearts to see if we have the heart of the Father in us. You know what I'm talking about, right? Realize the enemy is loving this realize he's not even threatened by the church anymore because the church has become a place of trying to comfort the flesh instead of learning how to crucify it so we can walk free of sin and actually have something powerfully amazing to give the world around us. I wanna speak into this a minute. Have you ever heard somebody who's maybe not a Christian say Christians are hypocrites? And then the reply is, no, I'm just not perfect, I'm forgiven. Or something along those lines. You know what I'm talking about, right? Can I just tell you, I have had so many conversations with people who are not committed to Christ. They've, you know, they've maybe been to church or never walked into church. I, I, Bottom line, what I'm saying is I've talked to a lot of non-Christians. And I will tell you, when I sit and when I hear their heart and when I listen to what they're saying, what they're saying is they live one way, but they claim another. Here's an example. I have heard over and over now. I used to be in the restaurant business. Okay. I I was a server for many years. And one of the things that I've heard over and over again, and I've witnessed it for myself, they don't like the church crowd that comes on Sunday because they leave a disaster. They leave a mess. They're rude. They're impatient. They're not kind. And they're terrible tippers. You guys were killing our witness. We should go in after we've left church and actually look like the church. That's what I was talking about is we walk into the building and we come out of the building looking the same. And then we go on with our lives and we don't realize that we're meant to be a light to this world. How can we be a light to this world if we're rude to the server? We're supposed to be the ones who bless. So we're going to leave a bad tip? How is that blessing anybody? We have so much to give, but we withhold it. And we become very selfish, self-absorbed, living in our own little worlds, not even looking outside and smiling at the people that we cross paths with. I mean, this is just one of many stories that I've heard that I've actually witnessed. I have sat down and I have talked to people who genuinely say, I just want something real and authentic, and I'm not seeing it in the church. I'm not seeing people actually look like what they claim to believe, and it's not attractive. Yeah, you're always going to have the pushback, but we need to stop hiding behind those few scriptures that say the world is going to hate you and realize that the world is hungry for real Jesus, and we're called to be like him. Honestly, we get preached a lot of messages that I can't find in my Bible. Most of my church experience looked a little bit like this. I was led each week to raise my hand and confess that I probably sinned and then a pastor would say something funny like, for all you who raised your hands, thanks for your honesty. You're the real Christians and those who didn't, well, you're just lying and everyone would laugh. So you have these these things that we hear that kind of condition you to believe that you're always going to sin. You're always going to wrestle with these things. You're always going to look like that. You're always going to miss the mark. You know, I just I kind of had this like I thought, well, I'm a sinner, so I'm going to mess up daily. And I believe this is just the way it would always be. So, you know, and I and I didn't really identify exactly what I had done or what I'd missed the mark on. I just knew I probably did because I I was taught that I was going to. So I'd raise my hand just like everybody else. Okay, but here's the interesting thing that started happening in my life that was totally separate, and I didn't connect with it until later. In the privacy of my own life, I was learning to walk with Jesus. I was soaking myself in his word daily, genuinely submitting my whole heart to his, and I started changing. I lost the desire to do the things that my flesh once struggled with. Layer by layer, I can honestly look back and tell you what was once my natural struggle is gone. Seriously the things that i used to struggle with the sin traps that i used to fall into they're not even they're not even a trap in my life anymore this new life in the spirit is absolutely possible the freedom and joy that i feel in my life every single day all day no matter what is going on is amazing. It's incredible. It is an inward freedom that has had a powerful and lasting impact, not just inside of me, but to people who meet me. I have made some very, very worldly decisions. I had a lot of turmoil. I did so many things I'm not proud of, but I can honestly tell you, I do not war with my flesh anymore. I just don't. I realize people say, but your flesh will always be at war with the Spirit. And they live with that belief that says they will always be at war with something inside of themselves. Listen, we are God's temple, correct? The Holy Spirit lives in us. So inside, we should look and feel like Him. And then what comes out of us is that purified image of Christ. This is scriptural. This is why we're called to crucify our flesh and live by the Spirit. I didn't fully connect with all of this until I really started to walk in that freedom. And now I can look back and tell you in full honesty, living out God's will, not my will, is not hard like many are led to believe. And an inner peace-filled freedom is birthed inside that I really struggle to put into words. I feel fully alive. Here's the truth that I've come to realize, and this is a powerful scriptural truth, okay? I am not a slave to my flesh in any way, shape, or form, which means that when something surfaces in me that is not of God, I get rid of it for good. This is what Jesus came to accomplish in the reality of our new natures in Christ. Remember, we are born again by the Spirit. Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they're born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again, John 3, 5 through 7. Did you notice what Jesus said? Flesh gives birth to the flesh, which is our old born from Adam sinful nature, which is why we needed to die to our flesh and get born again. Through Adam, we were born into sin and were stuck in cycles that made it impossible to live up to godliness. That's why we needed his spirit in us. The Spirit in us gives birth to the things of God, which is holiness and godliness and all of our Heavenly Father's characteristics, and from there we produce this fruit. We're not trying to obtain it anymore. It's the finished work of the cross. It's already in us. We just need to understand how to live by the Spirit and access everything that Jesus paid for. I want to share a little backstory about me that I believe is going to be a major connector for you. I prayed a prayer of salvation when I was four years old and lived the Christian family life until I was about 16 years old. Then from there, I fell into the traps of the world and totally lived a lifestyle that was not God-honoring. To be honest, I thought the world looked more fun. I'm not going to lie. I I did have some fun, but that so-called fun never met me with an inner peace or lasting joy. I... (laughs) I honestly made a mess of my own life, and at 18, I wholeheartedly told God I did not want to be in charge of my life anymore. I didn't do a very good job as manager, and at that point, I submitted fully to him. I want to talk about this shift first, okay? It wasn't my prayer at four years old that changed me, clearly. I may have believed in Jesus and knew he was my Savior, but that Savior prayer was only one part of the whole picture. It was my heart to surrender when I was 18 years old. I made a decision to make Jesus Lord of my life. He went from savior to the one I was going to live for. Without knowing what I was doing, I can tell you that was actually the game changer because that whole heart exchange of my own will for his invited him into every area of my life and he became Lord over it all. I want you to connect with this and I'm going to ask you a very, very important question. Okay, we're family here. So this is a no judgment zone. Family can get real. Okay, this is safe. This is just love and grace calling you into spiritual maturity. Is Jesus Savior and Lord of your life, or have you just made him Savior for eternal life purposes, but in all honesty, you're still living as Lord, little l, over your own life until you decide that you're giving up your ways for his and wholeheartedly make him Lord over your life, and always you will constantly struggle with your flesh blocking yourself from spiritual maturity. If you have any area in your life or any part of your heart that you've not submitted to him, you are going to struggle. You'll find that you're going to live with a push and pull between your flesh and the spirit regularly in one way or another, whether you've not fully submitted your marriage or you've not fully submitted how you parent or you've not submitted how you have your work ethic. If you, you see what I mean, every area of our lives needs to be wholeheartedly submitted to God. And as we do that, all of a sudden we want to honor God in every area of our lives. And now we're learning what it means to look like him in every area of our lives. And all of a sudden, our family, our workplace, our communities, our our children, children see Jesus in us. I know many of my brothers and sisters are exhausted trying to live out this Christian life believing it's hard work and they stay stuck in cycles that don't look anything like Jesus. Then the justifying and rationalizing enters in so we don't feel so bad, right? You know what I'm talking about. So many of us do it. Maybe this is what you're wrestling with, you didn't even realize it, and this message is a major aha moment to you. Let's get practical, okay? I could go on and on and on about these things that we do and how we do the things that we're not supposed to do and all the things, you know, taking scripture out of context, justifying, rationalizing, but let's just get real. Let's get practical. Let's get our belief systems lined up with the truth that sets us free. We've talked a lot about beliefs and thought patterns each week. And if our beliefs are not lined up with truth, we stay stuck in a life that is inferior than the one that Jesus died for. Let's stop doing that, okay? You are dead to sin. You are dead to it. Your new life in Christ means that those things, those former ways are gone. 2 Peter 1.3 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. It's right there. His spirit in you is all you need to live a godly life. I want to read chapter 6 in Romans because it is so point-blank that as new creations in Christ, we are no longer slaves to the desires of our sinful nature. I highly, highly encourage you to read Romans. It's literally the full gospel in such clarity that Paul wrote to the church in Rome. It even reveals the contrast and the struggle between trying to obtain the law in our own strength and how it's humanly impossible, but now with the Holy Spirit in us, we're empowered to live godly lives. And a lot of people compartmentalize, they'll stop the one scripture where Paul is talking about he does the things that he doesn't want to do and he wants to do the things he doesn't do and you know he's talking about that but if you read if you read Romans in entirety and you understand what Paul is describing he's he's describing the very very distinct difference of trying to obtain christianity versus living by the spirit chapter 6. Even the caption, if you look at your Bible, it has these like, what are they called? These headlines, okay? It says, dead to sin, alive in Christ. That right there should tell you something. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live it any longer? Or do you not know that all of us who are baptized in Christ were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we may live a new life. For we have been united with him in death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in resurrection like this. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Right there, I'm going to declare it over you. You are not a slave to sin. Anymore, in any area of your life, small or large, you're not a slave to it. It doesn't matter what it is, you are not a slave. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe we also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. That is the call for all of us. Ready? In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself every part of yourself do you hear that offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness for sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law you are under grace gonna keep going here slaves to righteousness what then shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace by no means don't you know when you offer yourself to someone as obedient slaves? Here, here's the very practical, okay? Before Christ, we were obedient to our flesh, okay? We were ruled by our old nature. So this is this is the practical of what he's talking about here. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that you used to be slaves to sin. You have come to obey him from your heart. The pattern of teaching has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and you've become slave to righteousness. So we talk about the mind and the heart through these scriptures. We have to believe in our mind that this is available and it is a heart surrender to God. I'm going to keep reading. We're almost done here, okay? With Romans anyway. I'm using as an example from everyday life because of your human limitations. So if we if we allow our human understanding to rule that is that puts us under human limitations just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever increasing wickedness now turn offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness leading to holiness when you were slaves to sin you were free from the control of righteousness what benefit did you reap at the time the things you were now ashamed of those things result in death but now you have been set free from sin notice how many times he says you've been set free and have become slaves of God. The benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Notice the patterns and behaviors that don't look like Jesus should not be in our lives anymore. They are the patterns of the world. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Two things I want to highlight. We're going to wrap this up here. But we're gonna, I want to I highlight some things and then bring it home for us today. We have to know what the patterns of the world are to understand what we're supposed to not have in our lives. I think a lot of times we miss the richness of scriptures based on our outward checklist of church duties and the bigger sins. But we don't look at the things that we get caught up in that are still considered patterns of the world, like stress and worry and fear, even emotional responses in life that don't look like faith things like jealousy, envy, our new lives are hidden in Christ, which means we have to discover what our new life looks like by knowing him and knowing his ways. We have to get into the word. (laughs) While it is a heart transplant from the Holy Spirit, it begins with the mind that says, your will, your way, I'm all in, fully surrendered. Now I'm going to set my mind on the things that lead to righteousness. From there, our heart becomes even more pliable and we become transformed. The more you set your mind on the things of the Spirit, the more you crave holiness and purity. This is an automatic game changer because you will naturally lose the desire of the things that your flesh once craved. It'll be gone. I've experienced this. I'm not making this up. It's not that hard. But if your mind is still set on the things of the flesh, that is what you'll crave, and you'll not be able to break free of those patterns and behaviors that don't please God. Romans 8, 5-8 through Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. So what are you thinking about during the day? But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. That's the war, okay? It does not submit to God's law, nor can it. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. What is our mind governed by? What's ruling us? Is it the things of the flesh or is it the things of the spirit? We have to ask ourselves these questions. Am I genuinely chasing after you and looking more like you, God? Or am I just outwardly trying to be a good Christian in my own strength, but finding myself with a constant push and pull in my sinful nature and spirit, the one that Jesus paid for me to be free of? In my latest book, Ripple Effect, we address checklist Christianity and how so much of what we're doing today is blocking us from living that incredibly free, transformed life that Jesus paid for. I'm hearing from a lot of people that it's really impacting their lives. Praise God. (laughs) I genuinely desire to see you fully free. Jesus didn't come to do an incomplete work in us. He came to finish what the law couldn't accomplish. You guys, this should excite you. Everything that he does in us is complete and lasting. We do not have to live with that inner push and pull. Okay, it's gone. You've been free from it. It doesn't belong to you. Jesus paid for your victory. His spirit is in you. I want to close with this very practical truth today, one that I've personally lived out myself, and it is 100% biblically accurate. Focus on spiritual things. Open up his word. Learn his ways. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you a hunger to read your Bible. If you don't have a desire and you feel overwhelmed by it, pray and ask him for the desire. Trust me, he's going to give you the desire. I prayed that prayer 20 years ago and I'm continually in awe of the treasures I find in his word. I haven't put it down. I pick up his word daily, and I'm so excited to learn more. I'm so excited to go deeper. And when you do this, you're going to learn the heart of God and what he desires. And as you fill your mind with thoughts that are God-honoring, you will lose the cravings of the flesh. You'll find that your desires become his desires, and you won't even have to try. 2 Corinthians three sixteen through 18 But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is a spirit, and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord, and the Lord who is a spirit makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. Turn your whole heart and your mind to Him, and those things that you wrestled with will disappear from your life, and what comes out of you will look more and more like Him. This is a promise. Thank you for joining me today. I'm believing the Holy Spirit met you powerfully through this week's episode of Not Just Talk. Now, for the real part. Let's take this conversation beyond talk and live it in our daily lives, amen? Don't forget to check out my newly released book. I'm really excited. It's called Ripple Effect, a transformational journey into God's heart that will change you from the inside out. It's available now on your favorite online bookstore, Amazon, or you can order a signed copy direct through my website, Jillian Ahonan.com. Also, did you know that we have a ministry app where you can receive direct notifications for everything we have going on beyond this weekly podcast? Just search Jillian Ahonan Ministries in your app store and download it for free. And please, I'd love to see your face on social media. Connect with me on my public Facebook page or on Instagram. I hang out there daily. Don't forget to subscribe and come back next week for another episode of Not Just Talk. Hugs and blessings, family.